Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to be talking about a really important subject. I'm going to be talking about toxins in your beauty care products. Specifically, I am going to be talking about how your makeup could be poisoning your liver. And uh, liver health is something that's really important to me. It's something I've always worked on. I think it's one of the reasons why I have really healthy skin and really, really clear skin. And it's something I've just really focused on the last 10 years. And I'm trying to educate people more about the importance of caring for your liver to facilitate detoxification and help and support your liver to break down all these toxins that we're putting on and in our skin every day that's absorbing much better than if you just ate the toxin in your beauty care products. But I wanna talk about specifically a new California law to remove toxins from beauty products and how these can cause a toxic liver and how this law, it's called AB 450, is it's called the Toxic Free Cosmetics Act and an act and how it's gonna affect you and what toxic ingredients are proposed to be removed from cosmetics. I'm gonna be talking about how these toxins, like the top 20 toxic products or ingredients in beauty care products cause stubborn weight gain and resistant weight loss and the exact mechanism of how that happens. I'm also gonna talk about hormone and estrogen imbalance and how that's being caused by toxins in your beauty products. I'll talk about six signs that your liver is struggling and, um, and how to care for your liver and detox these toxic synthetic estrogens or xenoestrogens found in your cosmetics and beauty care products. So, you know, I use products and, you know, beauty care products and lotions and makeup, you know, since I was a child and really started using them more intensely when I was probably about 13. I was, you know, using masks on my skin and moisturizers and putting lotion on my body every day and starting to wear makeup and really got on this bandwagon to take care of my, my skin. But unfortunately, I, I never dreamed as I was reading the product labels on my Lubriderm or my Nivea lotion or all these popular products when I, when I was a kid, I never dreamed that what I was putting on my body every day was destroying my health, my mood, my hormones, and my liver as well. And so I, I thought that the government surely was overseeing these products, overseeing the manufacturers that made them. I just kind of had this maybe a totally ignorant false sense of security that I was somehow, uh, the products I was using were, were totally safe. But the reality is the last time there's been any legislation around cosmetics was in 1938. And this is when Congress enacted the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Uh, but at that time, the cosmetics industry was about a billion dollars in sales per year. But in 2016, it's reported that there's it's up to $170 billion in sales. The cosmetics industry is, it's almost, you know, it's just growing exponentially and continues to grow. But nevertheless, only two pages of the 829-page Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act governs cosmetics. 
and the provisions provide the Food and Drug Administration no financial resources whatsoever and sharply limit its authority to regulate chemicals and contaminants that pose chronic health risks. There's zero oversight happening, unless it's just really gross negligence. The reality also is that each day American women use 12 personal care products on average. That's not me. I use more than 12. And uh, these 12 products that women use on average contain 168 different chemicals. And so men use an average of six personal care products contain 85 different chemicals. And the sad part about this is that women are much more hormonally complex. There's much more things that can go haywire when we are ingesting and topically applying cosmetics that are endocrine or hormone disruptors. So really, really problematic there. And so uh, many of these products are applied directly to the skin the body's largest organ where ingredients can you know, really be absorbed directly into the bloodstream much more so, much more effectively than if you ate these ingredients or orally ingested them. So let's talk about the, the new California law. It's AB 450 that's proposed to remove toxins from beauty products and, and how these cause liver toxicity. So this bill is so long overdue uh, I'm just shocked that it's taken this long with what we know about toxins uh, in our, our beauty products, in our environment, in the air, food, and water. It's shocking that it's really taken 20, until 2020 to really do something about it and regulate these companies that up until now have just been self-regulating. You all know how well that goes. So this bill proposes to remove the top 20 worst toxins from cosmetics, including lead and mercury and endocrine disrupting chemicals that destroy our liver. And But also we'll get more to that in a minute, the exact mechanisms by which these toxins harm the liver. Um, but this bill will also strengthen enforcement authority and ensure that when violations are found, Regulators notify the attorney general who will be able to take legal action against these companies. And I hope that other states take the same initiative, but you know, you might be, you might have to be the one to raise this issue with your local representative because these bills begin with grassroots initiative. They also, you know, companies also listen to where people are voting with their dollars. So the organics, cosmetics, and natural cosmetics, mineral cosmetics, uh, mineral makeups, you know, these are a huge, huge growth sector in the beauty industry. And if you purchase more of those products, there'll be more and more of them coming out on the market. And so my plea to you is to stop buying toxic cosmetics and look for better alternatives. There's great alternatives in every single different category of, of you know, cosmetics, so hairspray and you know, other ones. And so the current ineffective California law on cosmetic safety mirrors the inadequate federal law. So it does not give state regulators enough authority to ensure that cosmetics sold to Californians uh, are safe or many states do not have any regulation as well. And, and so what authority the law does provide is rarely used. And so just people are just left to, their, to themselves 
to buy products that are safe and to educate themselves about products that are safe. And so let's talk about some of the ingredients that are proposed to being removed. So I got so excited about this. It's just, I can't believe some of the ingredients that we know based on the research are harmful in so many ways and they're still allowed to be in, in products that we're putting on our face every single day. So, and a lot of these, these ingredients cause weight gain uh, directly and indirectly. And so these cosmetics and other toxins that are in our environment are one of the reasons that Americans are so obese. It's not just the food that we're eating. It's not just the amount of food. It's toxins that wreak havoc on our hormones and promote weight gain. It's part of the picture. And, and so there's no category of consumer projects that's subject to less government oversight than cosmetics and other personal care products. So starting in 2009, there's been, or since 2009, there's been 595 cosmetics manufacturers that have reported using 88 chemicals that have been linked to cancer, birth defects, or reproductive harm in more than 73,000 products sold in the US. And many of these chemicals are proposed in AB 945 to be banned from cosmetics, um, including formaldehyde, which is a known carcinogen. This is found in hair straighteners or keratin products um, that strengthen the hair. These are really, really, really nasty. It's also, this, this uh, bill is also proposing removing chemicals that release, release formaldehyde. It's also planning to remove mercury, hello, it's long overdue, which can damage the kidney and nervous system, and which includes the brain, which promotes Alzheimer's and is really, really nasty. It affects your thyroid. It affects so many different systems in the body. It's just, it's just amazing. Uh, we're also hoping to remove lead, which is a very potent neurotoxin, and mercury and lead are also very potent mitochondrial poisons, which reduce energy production. Lead is found in many lipsticks and mascaras and things of that nature. Asbestos, unbelievably, is still in cosmetics, and it's a known carcinogen, and it was recently found in children's makeup kits. So you need to be very, very careful. Any cosmetics you buy your children just for play or for Halloween makeup, I do not buy cheap garbage that's made in China. I just don't do it. And it's just everywhere. When you go to you know department stores or 99 cent store or the drugstore, there's all kinds of little kits for your kids to play with to have lip glosses or blushes and eyeshadows and look really cute and they're super, super cheap. But these can have very toxic chemicals in them. Children's uh, bodies are just ill-equipped to handle the endocrine disruptors and other toxins in these, these makeup kits. Also, there's a whole host of parabens, which are preservatives and are also endocrine disruptors that wreak havoc on our hormones as well. These are things that you see on the label, say methylparaben, propylparaben, butylparaben, isobutylparaben, isopropylparaben. Those are no-go. Those are in almost every product you see at department stores and in most drug stores. 
You don't want that in your body. It makes products last for years on the shelf, years behind the counter, years once you buy it and put it and take it home. You don't want this stuff going bad. So manufacturers put these uh, very effective, cheap petroleum-based preservatives in them, but they destroy your hormones. Um, then there's tooling. So this is a toxic to the brain and nervous system, and it's found in nail polish. And triclosan, which you guys are very familiar with, this affects your thyroid. It negatively affects your thyroid. And this is in all the hand sanitizers and all those weird orange antibacterial soaps. I will pass on those. I will take the germs happily. Uh, I'm writing an article right now on, all, on, on the thyroid, I'm writing several articles on the thyroid, heavy metals that affect the thyroid and how exactly and how chemicals and pesticides and things like triclosan impact thyroid function as well. And there's also a category of substances called PFAs, which have been linked to cancer. These are also planned to be phased out of chemicals, uh, out of cosmetics. And so many of these toxic chemicals have already been banned or restricted by other nations like Europe and have been slated for removal from uh, store brands of major U.S. retailers, which is great, including Target, Rite Aid, Walgreens, and CVS Health. And for example, like at the end of 2019, CVS Health prohibits the sale of uh, products containing formaldehyde, chemicals that release formaldehyde, parabens, butyl phthalates and diethyl hexyl phthalates, tulene and triclosan. Phthalates are ingredients found in like Tide and found in laundry detergents and shampoos that keep the, that perfume in your hair, the perfume that's in the shampoo or the perfume that's in the detergent. That's why your sheets still smell like Tide a month after you wash them. Hopefully you wash them more often than that. But phthalates are the chemicals that are hormone disruptors that keep smells in uh, your hair and your clothes. And so some of these are already banned from products like uh, sold in Whole Foods. Um, but many of the chemicals included in the AB4 and AB5 do not have to be disclosed on the package because they are components of fragrance, and so they're exempt from federal labeling requirements. So you're not even going to know if some of these toxins are in your, your beauty products that you're using. So you just need to avoid anything that has the word fragrance on it. And so um, let's talk a little bit about phthalates. So phthalates are endocrine disruptors and a developmental toxin that harms male reproductive system development. So it can cause early puberty in boys and other changes in the reproductive system. And there's diethyl hexyl phthalate that harms the reproductive system and can affect a developing fetus, and it's been classified as a carcinogen by the International Agency for Research on Cancer as well. Really, really nasty stuff. Um, so now I want to talk about the exact mechanisms by how these toxins cause stubborn weight gain and resistant weight loss and hormone estrogen imbalance that's caused by the, these toxic products and these chemicals. So research shows that these endocrine disrupting chemicals such as parabens and phthalates may pose the greatest risk during prenatal and early postnatal development when organ and neural systems in the brain is forming. 
and um, these chemicals have been exposed has been linked to endocrine diseases and some types of cancers as well and so these endocrine disruptors are known to affect how women's bodies use estrogen and have also been linked to breast cancer as a result. So these, these endocrine disruptors come in and they disrupt our body's ability to make hormones, to use hormones. They affect the receptor sites in the body. They affect the conversion of one hormone into another hormone and they affect just every different mechanism, the hormone signaling, glands communicating to each other, saying, hey, it's time to make more of that hormone. Um, they, these chemicals affect every different aspect of, of hormones. Um, but here's what's happening in the body. So there's a few factors that cause low estrogen production, for instance. I mean, these hormones affect progesterone, they affect testosterone, they affect so many other different hormones, thyroid hormones, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and norepinephrine, et cetera. Um, but let's focus in on estrogen because uh, this is such a big problem for women and for men as well. But the factors that cause low estrogen production, like the top three, are xenoestrogens, so these chemicals and beauty products, stress, and perimenopause and menopause. And so let's go into deep detail about each one of those. So xenoestrogens, so these lower actual hormones, the hormones that we make in our body, it lowers the amount that can actually attach onto estrogen receptor sites because these estrogen mimickers are filling up all the binding sites for estrogen so that our real estrogen can't get through and act on those receptor sites to create the desired effect in the body. And so this signals to the body to produce less estrogen um, because you don't need it. Your body thinks that you have plenty because all of these you know, estrogen mimickers are, you know, filling up all of your estrogen receptor sites. And then there's stress. So there's so many types of stress acting on our bodies, EMF or electromagnetic radiation from Wi-Fi and computers are acting on and really, really affecting our body's electrical systems. There's nutritional stress, people not absorbing their food, and there's emotional stress and emotional trauma. So then compound the toxic chemicals with all this stress. So if you have too much stress, the resources in your body that go to making hormones go to making stress hormones instead of sex hormones like estrogen. So you have less estrogen as a result of that. And then if you're additionally in your 40s or 50s or going into perimenopause and then menopause, you just make less estrogen. So this is nature's law. No way around that. Um, so that also can compound this issue as well. So, so what happens in all of these situations when you have low estrogen? Well, estrogen is one of the hormones that helps regulate insulin getting into your cells. So if you have less estrogen, or it, insulin is the hormone that shuttles sugar into your cells so that your, your body can use that, that sugar. So if you have low estrogen, you can develop insulin resistance. Right? It can be a slight insulin resistance or a pretty 
bad insulin resistance where your body is just not responding to insulin at all. That's what we see in diabetes. So if you have low estrogen, you can develop insulin resistance. Your cells don't respond to insulin in your bloodstream to shuttle sugar into your cells. So if you have a situation where sugar and carbs that break down into sugar that you eat cannot get into your cells, this causes high blood sugar, swings in your blood sugar, and then you have more cravings throughout the day. You also tend to be a lot more thirsty as well, urinating more often. And, and because of this, you gain weight due to all this snacking, due to all this, like where you feel like you're eating and eating, and then an hour later you want to eat again. And you just feel like you can't get out of the cycle of cravings and overeating and late night snacking. And it's not your fault. It's not because you're weak or you can't follow your diet. Um, you know, biology will always overcome willpower. So I want people to be really highly aware of how these toxins impact your hormones, which then impact other aspects of your body's physiology and drive your behaviors, like snacking, overeating, and binge eating. And so all of this sets the stage for diabetes. And, and when you think about it, you know, when a lot of women become, you know, move into perimenopause and menopause, that low estrogen level causes them to gain a little bit more weight to, um, and also because fat will actively produce estrogen. So because you have low estrogen from all these factors I just mentioned, your body will put on weight because fat actively produces estrogen, which you need. And it also, uh, this fat uh, serves as a storage receptacle to, uh, so the body can stuff all these toxins away somewhere safely away from vital organs in the brain and central nervous system. So it's just the body's attempt, it's a survival mechanism to protect you. Um, and then, so, so let's say someone develops diabetes from all these hormone disrupting chemicals and they get on medications to increase insulin, to shuttle all that sugar into the cells. But this hormone, insulin, tells your body to store fat. And then you gain even more weight. That's what tends to happen when people get on diabetic medications like metformin or they're doing shots. Um, they gain even more weight. And it's just this vicious cycle uh, that happens. And I saw this with my father. I've seen this with other family members as well. And then there's fat stem cells. So there's a lot of chemicals and cosmetics that also promote, um, that cause stem cells to turn into more fat cells, more than we would normally see in the absence of the presence of these hormone disrupting chemicals. And there's some chemicals called obesogens that just promote the production of more fat cells and also promote the fat cells that you do have to grow much, much larger than they normally would because these chemicals are, you know, just acting on our body in that way and our fat cells in that way. And so uh, more of them are made and this results in more fat on the body. So there's, that's just a very simplistic explanation and there's lots more examples of how these chemicals cause weight gain. Um, but let's talk about the liver and how if you have a congested liver, this will also promote weight gain as well. 
And so I want to talk about how to care for your liver and detox toxic xenoestrogens found in your cosmetics and your beauty products. So, you know, the reality is that we are, we're all guilty of using toxic beauty products and toxic cosmetics with all of these chemicals I just mentioned throughout the years. I mean, I know I have uh, for, for decades and decades and many of us are still guilty. You guys know who you are still using toxic makeup or toxic hairspray or whatever the case may be. You may just have a product that you like and you like the price point and you like the texture and you like the smell and you just, don't feel like risking buying another product or buying something that's really expensive that may not work as well or have the same texture or performance as this toxic product that you you know you can depend on. So my urge to you is just to to try new products out there, read reviews, go on the ewg.org/skindeep site you can look at reviews of products and find new ones just take the time and do the work it's worth the investment and the issue with a lot of these toxic products is they can take quite a toll on your liver uh, your liver is tasked with breaking down metabolizing and excreting all of these toxins not just in your personal care products but there's about a hundred thousand chemicals in the air food and water and the liver has so many jobs to do in the body, including breaking all this garbage down and taking out that trash. So our livers are truly overburdened. They're overtasked. They cannot handle not only just the toxins, but the liver has to break down all the carbs, all the, the nasty fats that people eat. If they're eating too much fat, if they're on a keto diet, because the liver has to break down all the fats and deal with them and metabolize them and deal with hormones and thyroid hormones and just um, it's just dealing with so many different things production of cholesterol and our livers are just just toast really <laughs> because of all the things it has to do and all the things that are thrown at it and when your liver is clogged or congested or overwhelmed this creates this backlog of toxins the liver cannot process. And then the body is forced to store these toxins in fat cells. It's a very, very brilliant mechanism the body has come, come up with to, to deal with storing all these toxins. And it's a huge reason why so many people cannot lose weight. Uh, the toxins have to be stored somewhere in the body. And uh, the fat is a very logical place for the body to, to store all this stuff. And so this is why the body will resist your attempts to lose this fat. I, I cannot even tell you uh, with myself, with uh, other clients, uh, just hundreds of clients that are doing everything right. They're eating perfectly. They're taking great supplements. They're trying to sleep every night. They're killing themselves exercising. And the scale is not budging or it's hardly moving because the body won't release these toxins. It, it can't. It's using your fat cells as a garbage can. So it's not going to allow the release of these. Yeah, you can starve yourself. Uh, you know, your body won't have any choice. But for a lot of women, they're just kind of stuck like this hamster in a wheel not getting anywhere. This is one of the reasons. And it's be, part of the reason is because their liver is congested and not functioning optimally. And so 
this is a survival mechanism that can only be broken by stopping the influx of the toxins, which you can't control everything, um, and cleansing and detoxing the liver and body. So, so essentially, by, by purging and cleansing the liver, this can stop this vicious cycle and promote weight loss and optimal detoxification. So you really don't want to be detoxing unless, like, you know, where you're trying to remove, remove metals and chemicals, unless your detox pathways are open, unless your liver is functioning optimally to excrete them and process them. And, um, and you can't just think about this once a year and forget about it. You've got to cleanse your liver on a regular basis. You have to care for your liver on a regular basis. This is such an important skill set to know. I can't stress that enough. So it's my mission to teach people about, about the liver, its functions, the toxins that affect it, and how to care for your liver. This is, I'm really passionate about this because I can't, I can't really express to you how much better I started feeling when I started really becoming aware of toxins and detoxing my body and taking care of my liver. It was such a game changer for me. I started caring for my liver about 10 years ago, really focusing in on it and doing liver support supplements, liver cleansing, coffee enemas, liver flushing, things like that. And it's made such a huge difference in uh, just my energy levels, the way my skin looks, um, and feeling like I'm, I'm reversing and stopping the aging process in my brain functioning. It's just uh, really been a game changer for me. And so I want to tell you guys all about how to care for your liver. So I created a course. It's a really easy guided course called the 14-Day Liver Rehab Cleanse. So I want you guys to take my 14-day liver rehab cleanse challenge. You know, it's just such a fundamental aspect of detoxification. It's so important to focus on your liver. For many people, it's the first step. You really need to be thinking about caring for your liver first before you think about doing any type of, you know, hardcore detox. And I'm so proud of this course because it's the best of everything that I've learned about liver detox over the years. And I've spent a fortune on all kinds of cleanses and trying different things. I worked with hundreds of people one-on-one -on -one and, and tens of thousands via group programs. And I've learned often the hard way what works and what doesn't work for liver cleansing. And I've also learned what is easy, what's doable, and what doesn't inconvenience you too much with a detox crisis that prevents you from working or enjoying your life. And so the result is this 14-day step-by-step program. And with it, you get, a, you get a lot. You get three webinars. And on these webinars, I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things. I'll be talking about you know, the toxic liver epidemic, how liver detox is not an optional, um, how to use liver cleansing to op optimize weight loss, hormones, and sleep. I'll talk about secrets of phase one and two liver detox. I'll talk about the liver rehab diet, which are the best and the worst foods for your liver, and why most liver detox supplements fail, and why you want to what you want to take instead, what really works. And I'll also really go on a deep dive into advanced liver detox protocols, including coffee enemas, 
castor oil packs, liver gallbladder flushes, and more. Because um, I've done a few liver gallbladder flushes over the years, and I really don't like the Epsom salt ones. They really just, ugh, they just don't sit well with me. So I created a more effective one that doesn't make you gag like the Epsom salt ones, and is really delicious actually. And we'll also talk about the top nutrients for supporting your liver and feeling a lot better as a, as a result of taking these uh, nutrients. And um, in this course, you also get nine videos uh, that I created with different people that are really, really in the know about how to care for your liver. And I created seven guides that you'll get in my Liver Rescue e-library. And, and so I really feel like your liver is key to all of your 2020 health, fitness, and beauty goals. Um, because I know a lot of us, including myself, are wanting to lose like 10 or 20 pounds, and that's gonna be really difficult to do unless you support your liver for all the reasons I just talked about. You're gonna have a really hard time losing excess weight if your liver is filled with, and gallbladder filled with all kinds of stones and particles and things that need to be purged. You need to kind of wring out your liver and reset it so that it can get to this next batch of toxins. So also as you're losing weight, you wanna make sure your liver is optimized so it can break down and flush all this crap out that you're releasing into your body as you're losing weight. So it's kind of like the flip side of that. Also by purging the liver, you can beat those late night or post meal sugar cravings because you'll have better blood sugar balance. And it's also easier to clear a candida when you remove toxins from your liver. Candida is a big cause of cravings also. You can also uh, find yourself having a lot more energy when you cleanse your liver. You know, if your liver is fatty or overwhelmed, you're gonna feel sluggish and kind of slow and have almost wanna take a nap after you eat because your liver just can't handle all the stuff that's gotta break down after you eat. Also, when you have a congested liver, you tend to not produce enough bile and enough enzymes to power your digestion. So people end up having more gas, bloating, and indigestion when their liver is congested. So when you cleanse, you can reverse those symptoms. You can also kiss under eye circles and skin blemishes goodbye. I have never had better skin than when I began doing coffee enemas and liver cleanses. I was, I was really surprised because I had had, uh, really my whole life struggle with blackheads and skin congestion and maybe some acne here and there. But really I was uh, kind of perplexed with all the blackheads. I would have to go get a facial and I would do that on a regular basis, kind of like you know squeeze all your individual pores. But that was the only way I could clear all of these blackheads. But when I started doing uh, coffee enemas, and within a month, my skin completely cleared up. Because when your, your liver is congested, the toxins start coming out through your skin. And so people have acne and rashes and blackheads and whiteheads and just, you know, all kinds of little skin irritations, even itchy skin. And so when you start cleansing the liver, that will go away. So that's why I created this course, and I created a bunch of different videos as well. 
And uh, it's a series of how-to videos that covers like every aspect of this process from coffee enemas to castor oil packs and beyond. And so uh, the first video is everything you never wanted to know about coffee enemas and all of their benefits. And I also created a second video with Eileen Durfee on how to do coffee enemas. So like the step-by-step -step on how to do a coffee enema. I do another video on how to do liver gallbladder flushes with Eileen Drifey also. And there's also a guide that I wrote as well on how to do liver gallbladder flushes with very, very clear step-by-step -step instructions and everything you need to do a liver gallbladder flush, why you need to use these ingredients and what they do, how they facilitate flushing your liver and gallbladder and why you need to do regular uh, two times a year liver gallbladder flushing. Um, I also have a video on what if my liver enzymes are high with the brilliant Michael McAvoy. Um, I know a lot of you guys have uh, or have had high liver enzymes. You need to go to your doctor and do your yearly checkup. Um, find that you have elevated liver enzymes, but the doctor doesn't give you any solutions. There's no medication to take for that, and they don't give you any suggestions whatsoever, we tell you, I tell you what to do about high liver enzymes and how to bring those down to normal. And for those of you guys that don't have a gallbladder, we have a video for you. Also, the video explains the gallbladder, what its function is and why you need to care for it, and how to optimize your health without a gallbladder. There's a lot of challenges that people have if they don't have a gallbladder. And we also talk about how emotional constipation equals a constipated liver. So I have a brilliant video with Josh Mason of thedetoxdudes.com uh, talking about all the emotional aspects of the liver. Many people that have anger or emotional trauma or uh, that can really affect the liver a lot. It negatively impacts it and conversely, People that have a lot of uh, irritability, frustration, anger, emotional outbursts where they lose control, this is due to a congested liver that needs to be flushed and cared for better. Uh, the seventh video is uh, top supplements and food for liver health. I have another one I did with Dr. Marisol about how to do a castor oil pack and all the benefits of castor oil packs, which I love. And I do another video with Julie Donaldson, who's brilliant, and we talk about the fatty liver fix because a fatty liver affects 30 million Americans, and you don't have to drink alcohol to get a fatty liver. Even children uh, are... are presenting with fatty livers and a fatty liver is when 10% of your liver has fat cells in it that are replacing functioning liver cells. So it's really a huge, huge problem and this can be reversed and we tell you how. And so I, I'm just so proud of this course and I want you to join me on this 14 day liver cleanse. And it's so easy, all you have to do is follow each day. There's very specific steps. You get a PDF that goes through each day, step-by-step step on what we're gonna be doing to cleanse your liver. And you can repeat it as often as you like. I recommend doing it at least twice a year and taking the opportunity to try a coffee enema, try a liver flush, try some different liver supporting supplements and learn what you can do in your supplementation protocols and within your diet 
to help your liver function better, to support your liver. So I want to teach you how to love your liver. This is such a huge missing key for so many people that are tired, that are bloated, that don't tolerate fat in their diet, that are trying keto and it's not working for them, that are having hormonal issues, that are having trouble sleeping at night, that have uh, their skin is just not why. Um, there's so many different symptoms of a congested toxic liver. We go into that in the course, and I wanted to provide solutions for people and some awareness about some of the under this underlying root cause, very common underlying root cause of people's health symptoms, and then what to do about it. How exactly do you care for your liver? Because you don't get this information at your doctor's office. You don't go into your doctor's office and say, "Hey, doc, doc I have all these symptoms." And then he does a test, you have you know high liver enzymes, you're given no solutions whatsoever, you're told coffee enemas are dangerous, which is complete malarkey. So you just don't get any solutions at all for high liver enzymes or uh, how to care for your liver. And so that's where I come in. So guys, thanks for joining me and I will talk to you next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.